there and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Right, okay, one, one of the little things that I like to do is that when I'm doing my morning devotions is I will stand to read my Bible. And so this morning, we're just going to read a passage from Romans 1, but I'd invite if we'd all just stand um, whilst we read this passage. Um, the whole passage I'm going to read is not going to be on a screen, because I want you to hear it, okay? I want you to listen to it being spoken over you, okay? And we're going to read from Romans 1, 7 to 17, and it says this, Paul writing, to all in Rome who are loved by God, And called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, is preaching the gospel of his Son. Is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Father, we love you. Will you speak by the power of your word? This word that is living and active, that isn't some dull echo from a generation or generations ago, but it is living now. Jesus, speak by your word to us. Holy Spirit, ignite the word of God in our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, please be seated. So the verses we're going to unpack and have some fun as we just look around. I I say fun. Hopefully, we're going to have a little bit of fun whilst we're having a look at it. Um, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Um, So as has been introduced already, my name is Eddie. Um, I have a network role within the network of churches that One Church Bristol is a part of, and that is I'm the operational lead, which sounds really kind of like whatever, and, um, but, but basically, the way I like to think about it, um, I have a favorite pair of jeans, right? And unfortunately, we were on holiday about three, four weeks ago, 
and uh, like the, the rivet button just like pinged off whilst I was getting ready. So it's like, I'm devastated. So, but because I'm quite stubborn and I really like those jeans, for the last couple of times I've been wearing them with just the belt on, as in obviously a top as well, but you know what I mean? As in the belt to hold it up. But all day I'm kind of nervous because I'm thinking, oh, like are they, are they slipping down? And like, these are not those jeans, so you don't worry. You don't need to be interceding and praying for that this morning. But, um, but I say all of that because the way that I see my role within the life of the network of One Church is that operations is like the belt that holds up the trousers of church. Right, and when I say trousers, don't think of just jeans. Think of a pair of flares. Okay? A bright pair of flares, right? Because flares stands for this. Finance, legal, admin, risk, estate, and safeguarding. So that's how my imagination works. And, uh, and, and literally, it's like, okay, so, so the operations are the things which hold the flares up. So, so I have an amazing team around us, of whom Barbara is one of, and um, the amazing Barbara. And um, so we have this amazing team that, that literally are, are there to, to look after us as an organization. I mean, primarily to try and keep Mike out of prison. <laughs> Some days are harder than others. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's more tempting, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but that's what we're doing. So, so we have all of these various systems and all that kind of stuff. And, and I do apologize, sometimes those systems come through. But you know, I, one thing which I, I've become to respect more and more about it is with reference to, we, we, we sit under an authority called the Charity Commission. And they bring loads of bureaucracy. They bring loads of red tape. But you know, with all of that comes a scrutiny to challenge integrity. And it's like, the more, I, more we get involved in that, the more I think, I really like that. I really like the fact that we're able to say, do you know what, you can, you can come with w whatever kind of perceived accusation. And actually, our processes and our systems, the way that we adhere and honor the, the Charities Commission will show that that's not the case. That actually, we, we, you can come and we can ask questions. Like, like the Charity Commission, our, our biggest donor is through gift aid. So as an organization, and this is amazing when you think about it, the British government gives us over £100,000 a year through gift aid. That's amazing. But the government don't worship, so they don't tithe in the way that they kind of like put it in the basket and let go. They say, I want to follow every penny. And you know, that's what our team and the operational team from the finance are able to do. We can show exactly where every penny goes. So we're open to that scrutiny. We're open to, to that kind of stuff. But what it brings is it brings an identity to us as a charity. And it brings a credibility to us. And, and so what I'm beginning to realize more and more is this, this stuff which is really boring and all of this kind of like legislation and the policies and all of this legal jazz that we're having to read, right? It's not just this one-dimensional burden. It brings so much more to us. And what I want to look at this morning, because you're thinking, Ed, like, I, I kind of get the flares. I understand the, the Charities Commission. What's that got to do with the cross? <laughs> like, 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 where's Paul talking about the Charity Commission? And, uh, and, and he doesn't. But, but, but what I'm realizing more and more is, is sometimes we can make the cross really one-dimensional. We can make the cross so that, oh, it's where I left my sins. It's where the great transaction took place. But, but actually, I, I, I'm not really acquainting myself or reacquainting myself with the gospel or with the cross because that's done. And we use that really good little Christian phrase, which is like, oh, I want to meet brother. And, and it's like, 
you know, the more I read it, the more I realize Paul would disagree. And, and Paul would say, do you know, the cross is the meat of God. There is so much in this gospel. It's not just that we needed to hear it when we needed it. We need to hear it now. We didn't just need it, past tense. We need it, present tense. We need the gospel fresh, coming to us afresh. Because in the here and now, we need it. Like Kai so, so terrifically encouraged us. Like, what is it you're going through right now? As the guys were singing and declaring over us, one name has the victory. We need, to re- we need to reacquaint ourselves with the gospel. We need to be saying, what is it that the gospel says to me in the here and now where I am? Because to the Christians in Rome, as we, as we read earlier on, I love that, that, that thought that Paul says, your faith is being talked about right across the world. And obviously, context-wise, that's going to be the known world in which Paul is speaking. But their faith is being talked about all over. There's something amazing what God is doing in Rome. So it wasn't just to bring the gospel to them because they'd got it wrong. They were living it out. They were doing amazing things. And yet Paul says, I eagerly desire to bring the gospel to you. And, and that's my challenge and my question. We're not quite finished. I've got a little bit more to say. But my main challenge is, like, like, have we got this desire to hear the gospel afresh? When we're doing our, our devotions and, and when we're reading, whether that's in the morning or the evening or whenever it is that we do our devotions, and there's a few little looks around inside because a little private joke earlier on, but, but whenever it is that you're doing your devotions, like, are we reading that to say, what is the gospel saying to me in the where I am right now? Because I need to hear that gospel. Paul says, I'm eager to preach, not because they've got it wrong. Paul knows they didn't just need it. They needed it. They didn't just need it. They needed it. Paul doesn't say the gospel was the power for salvation. He says the gospel is the power. And what we're looking at this morning is that like through the cross, we see salvation. And it's not just salvation as in uh, I, I responded to an appeal, I put my hand up, or maybe I was kneeling by my bed, or whatever it was when I made my initial response. And, and salvation came absolutely, and we thank God for that. But in the today, salvation comes today. Salvation comes afresh today. Salvation comes to set us free today. Salvation comes in the name of Jesus that you have a declaration over whatever is our circumstance today. Over whatever has been the confession of others, the gospel gives us a new confession today. The gospel gives us a confession of salvation today. So let's remind ourselves of the salvation that we find through the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. Salvation from sin, yeah, Romans 6.23. Most of us that have been Christians for any kind of time will know that, that the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So, so we know those verses, and we know that, and it's like, actually, so where does that come today? Where is that battle in my life today? Because salvation comes afresh today. I, I want to say, wherever it is that you are finding yourself wrestling, there is a new victory. Because salvation comes 
today. Don't just settle. Salvation comes. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. So where you want to be set free, the gospel brings that salvation to you. Salvation from condemnation. How many times do we, do we set ourselves like, ah, oh, I'm just not that good. I'm not that person. Maybe you've known somebody for like 25 years and you like to consider yourself as somebody who's trying to be a preacher or something, but they've never invited you to their church ever before. And, and, and you just sit under that con condemnation. But Jesus has a different, different confession over me. Jesus says, don't listen to Mike, Ed. Don't listen to Mike, you're mine. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but how often do, do we look at ourselves compared to? And actually, the gospel comes in that place and brings salvation. Because the gospel comes to you and says, you are mine. The gospel comes to you and says, you are mine. The gospel comes to us afresh and says, I am not finished with you. I've started a good work, so I will bring it to completion because salvation comes afresh. There is salvation today. So the cross isn't just this one thing that we look at, but we are constantly being reminded. I was looking at Liam, and he's got that cool cross with the dog tag by the looks of it. And, um, and it's a funny thing, isn't it, that Christians have? It's like this tool of death that we have hanging around our, our neck. Yeah, like, like, I've never seen like a, a guillotine or an, <laughs> or an electric chair. I'm going to rub old Sparky. It's, 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 it's this odd thing, isn't it? It's this odd thing that we do. But what it's doing is it's reminding us. It's saying, man, this is how much my God gets involved. This is why salvation comes to me. Because the most incredible story in history is that God came. That God came for me. And that God came to you. So in whatever circumstance and situations we find ourselves, if you are one who has the cross on your, on your neck or, or on, on a bracelet, or just in your imagination, consider afresh the cross. Consider afresh the gospel. Because if God came when I'd never even thought about him. How much will salvation come today? How much will God come today? Salvation from isolation. Love this thought. Jesus, um, in John 17, he says, like, and like he's praying about it, they might have eternal life, and he says, and this is eternal life, that they'd know you. Talking about this living relationship with God. So, so sometimes we can feel totally alone, totally isolated, and we need salvation from that. We need to be delivered from that. We need to be set apart from that. And the word of God comes and says, hey, I've given you eternal life. And eternal life isn't just this endless number of days in heaven. It's actually that I might know God, that you might know God. One of the things that I find amazing is, like, we, we read that, that, that God knows every hair on our heads. 
What I find mind-boggling is when you look out and you see the stars and it says that he knows every star, he calls them by name. I, I can kind of get that. But that he knows every hair on my head, every hair on your head, he knows. So no matter how kind of isolated we may feel, no matter how far away we may feel from God, no matter how, when the songs come up and you think, I haven't got that in me to sing, God says, I know you. I'm right next to you. And I've got a confession over you, even if you don't have a confession towards me. And God's confession over you is that you are loved. God's confession over you is that you are not alone. God's confession over you is that he has a plan and a purpose for you. Salvation from fear, absolutely. Jesus said, I, I, I give you my peace. Not peace like the world knows it. Not peace like we've been set up to believe or, or long for. But a peace which is beyond all understanding. We, we have some friends of whom um, their, their young lad got rushed into hospital at the end of the last week. And uh, we've been pinging messages back and forth. And, and actually, like, what's been one of the most incredible things is, is even though there's this turmoil going on, there's a peace that they can experience. And it may not always be consistent. He's really honest. He just says, do you know I'm struggling here, struggling there? But actually, even in those moments, peace can break through. And we have stories even in this room where peace can break through. There may be a statement, a confession made over us. But actually, peace can reign. Because salvation comes. Because salvation, it is the power of salvation. So the gospel brings peace. The gospel brings that calming into the storm. Uh, my brother used to be a, a Royal Marine, and uh, he's retired. I've got one of those burdens I have to carry that my little brother is like this big hero of mine. <laughs> and, uh, and boy, does he know it. And, um, but but, but well, um, he, was, uh, he started dating this girl, um, Amy, of whom, uh, so my brother was non-Christian, divorcee, and, uh, and she was involved in a local church, not, not our church. But I can remember when my brother told me about this Amy, this wonderful Amy, and, uh, and I can think in, like, as a youth pastor, I'm like going, man, I'd tell her to keep away from him. <laughs> like, generally, I would. I know him. As his brother, I was praying like mad. God, thank, thank you, God, that you're bringing this person along. And then I got to meet her parents. And they are just this wonderful, wonderful Christian couple. You just think, man, like, sometimes I think, oh, I'm getting it sorted. And then you meet other people like that, and you just think, what's the point? <laughs> They're just amazing. And, uh, and, and, and Hugh and Julia like that, they are just amazing. And they said this, and it's stuck with us all my life since. And I've made it a prayer over so many different situations, they said, do you know what we've been praying? Is we've been praying that Amy will be to David, uh, will be to Chris, my brother, like David's harp was to Saul. In his crazy world, it will bring calm. And, uh, and he's got this wonderful story that he was driving home, and uh, they were on uh, this busy part of the motorway, and uh, he was just going back up to go see Amy up their house, and he was driving from barracks, and it was pouring down with rain, and he said, like, a, a car in front or a, a truck in front shed its load. And he said, and obviously, like, you'd like to think all their kind of, like, training kind of kicks in. They keep calm. He said, Ed, I closed my eyes and just went like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and then I came through, not a prang or anything. 
came to the other side. And uh, when he got home, or got to Amy's parents, and they said, oh, how was the trip? And he said, oh, you never guess what happened. And they said, oh, tell us. So they, he said what happened. And they said, oh, what time did it happen? He said, oh, I can tell you exactly, because I, I clocked the clock. And, um, and he said, so, so he said whatever time it was, 6.23 or whatever. And they opened up this little book. And they just said, oh, tonight we're praying for you. And at 6.23, we wrote this. Pray that Chris is kept safe on the motorway. Wow. And you know what? God was on his case. God was on his case. Because salvation comes. And, 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 you know, wherever you might be and you're just thinking, do you know, I don't know how to handle this situation. I feel like I just need to close my eyes and just see what happens. God is looking out for you. Because salvation comes. So we keep praying for our families. We keep praying for our loved ones. We keep praying for our neighbors. Because who knows when, six, when 623 is coming? Who knows when there's that moment that suddenly God has this breakthrough? Like Chris's statement was, suddenly I realized somebody's hand was on my life that was bigger than me. And he'd spent all his life training to be the one of whom could look after himself. And God broke through in a situation. Because salvation is here. Salvation is here. Salvation from purposelessness. I actually don't know if that's a word, but it's probably worth a lot on Scrabble. <laughs> purposelessness. Right? Salvation comes to set you free from purposelessness. There's this wonderful verse in Ephesians 2.10, and it says that, that once we're in Christ Jesus, we are his craftsmanship, his workmanship. That we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works that we might walk in them. God has got some good works for you to walk in. There's not this haphazardness to our lives. There is this purpose that God has for you. In, um, in 2 Peter 1.4, I think it is, where it says, like, like, we've been invited into be partakers of the divine nature. This wonderful tapestry of history that God has got. And yet, he is at work in you and in me. Because salvation comes to us today. Salvation delivers us from purposelessness. He's here. And he's wherever you find yourself. At any time. So we, we reacquaint ourselves with the gospel because it is the righteousness of God revealed. The cross is not one dimensional, but the full depth of God's identity and character has been revealed. That's why the cross is so special. Because it's like, wow, he intervened. He got involved when I couldn't do what was needed. God got involved. And so on my Monday mornings, or on my Sunday afternoons, or on my Thursday evening, when the stuff in front of me seems insurmountable. In the same way he got involved at the cross, he'll get involved. Invite him in, and he will get involved. Eugene Peterson, who um, put together the message translation, um, his take on Psalm 35, or part of Psalm 35, says this, and I love it. God's love is meteoric. His loyalty, astronomic. His purpose, titanic. His verdicts, oceanic. Yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse. Because the gospel is the salvation of God revealed. 
And if you feel like you're a mouse that's fallen through the cracks, nothing gets missed. The power of God is revealed through the gospel.